This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room, David. Perez, how are you from the DAP tax? <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Thank you for having me. How are you guys? Doing good, feeling good. Uh, you know, the same yeah, just, as you can tell from the beginning before we hit record, we were feeling great, man. There you go. You guys are looking good. That's what it is. Y'all looking good, feeling good. I like it. <laughs> yeah, man. And then Jason's uh, legendary words, it's five o'clock somewhere right now. <laughs> That's right. There's always time for scotch. There you go. <laughs> And we're not talking about tape, baby. (laughs) There you go. Not scotch tape. So, uh, David, man, I I, I think it always makes sense. I I know anyone who's listening to the show by now knows where I'm going with this. I open up with this a lot. And I think it sets a great tone for everything. And that is, do you come from a family of entrepreneurs? I do not, actually. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. Would so, you like me to share that? <laughs> I, yeah, I'd like to know like what, what is it that made you choose that path? Interesting. If you had to take uh, a guess. Th- by the way, that that's a good um man, that 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 actually really starts with my core because so uh to kind of give you some backstory, I was born in a little city called Rio Hondo, Texas, very small community in deep south Texas. There's 2000 people in this ho- in this town. Um so uh, you knew everybody, right? And um I was born in 1983. I'm 38 years old. And back then, uh, you know, there was an internet. There wasn't a lot of things you could research. And so when I was born, I was born a little different. I mean, maybe to most people, you wouldn't see it. Um, but where I live, it's predominantly Hispanic. So it's pretty brown, if you will. I'm Mexican, so I can say that. So I was the little white boy that was born to brown parents, you know, and uh, I, I looked different. And so the doctors treated me different. And so Most of my life, my parents kind of coddled me and took care of me because they told me that I was disabled, or at least the doctors did. And so I was pretty, pretty well sheltered most of my life. And, um, you know, growing up, I watched my parents, uh, which my grandparents raised me. Uh, My mother, my mother just couldn't handle taking care of somebody with special needs. And apparently it was, it was just a big deal. And so my grandparents raised me, which was a beautiful thing. And um, the reason that uh, this kind of ties into the story, but the question is that I got to watch my parents work really, really hard. Um, my grandparents or my parents that raised me, um, they were hard workers. They actually, um, my, my mother was a farmer or she was working in a farm with her parents. That's what they did when they grew up. So she actually picked crops and worked her way up to getting to high school. And of course, graduating high school, um, my dad had the same story. Um, and when they got out of high school, they pursued jobs, any job they could get. And uh, they both went into finance and started working at local banks as tellers and managers. And um, I got to see my parents work really freaking hard um, to really honest truth, just to break even. And uh, it was a very hard uh, thing for them to do because every day they'd show up to work, get their, you know, get their butts kicked, come home and take care of us. And we, or I, I grew up kind of modest, meaning we didn't, we weren't dirt, dirt broke, broke, but we were not wealthy and by any means. 
Um, we did not eat out because we couldn't afford it. We never went on vacation. I can't remember one family vacation, one meal together at a restaurant. Um, you know, we didn't always have brand new everything, you know, when something would break, we'd have to wait a few weeks to get it fixed. You know, that's just how we lived. And so, you know, growing up, I was really sheltered and taken care of, but we weren't rich. And so as I kind of aged, I realized that even though it felt good to be taken care of, I didn't want to be a dependent on my life. Like I realized that I wanted to do something for myself. And I had a few epiphanies along the way. And I shared that in my book. Um, you know, there was a few epiphanies, but what really came to, to light for me was that I wanted to be somebody who took care of himself, that nobody had to take care of, that I could do everything for myself and I could provide for myself. And even more, I could do more for others. And so I made that decision in my early teens. And then I started to pursue a lifestyle that, that did that. Um, now that didn't mean I left my parents' house cause I couldn't do that at yet that point, but I tried my best to figure out ways every day to become an independent person. And, um, when I got out of college or I went to college, I, I really didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And, uh, one of the things that I really found that hindered a lot of my growth was I used to think that looking different was like one of the worst things in the world. So I was very shy and I was very, um, introverted and I was very, um, timid. I didn't like have this big social life because I thought people would make fun of me because that's actually how I grew up being made fun of and teased and joked on. And um, when I got into college, I started to see like a difference. And one of the things that always stood out to me, guys, was that uh, everybody always remembered me. So I talked to a professor. They were like, hey, David, what's up? And I'd go down the hall and a student would say, hey, how are you, David? And then I would go anywhere and people always remembered me and it always would click with me. And so when I started to think about what I wanted to do with my life, I realized that whatever I did, no one would ever forget me because I stood out everywhere I went <laughs> and it like turned the shift, like it shifted this gear in my head. And so then I thought, well, whatever I do, I need to be somebody, I need to do something for myself and I can't work for anybody else. Cause I tried that and I didn't like that. And so it kind of shifted my mindset. And I decided that the greatest advantage that I had is that I looked different. I thought different. I wanted to do something big. And so I decided to pursue a career that would do anything to make myself independent. And so that's kind of how I started to think about entrepreneurialism. And, and, I, and my parents, although they were not entrepreneurs, what they did teach me is hard work works and that you have to do the right thing and that you must be present. And that, that truly, like, you don't have to, to think to, you know, you don't have to be an entrepreneur to be successful because they, they were successful in their own right. But if they wouldn't have showed me all that hard work, I wouldn't be the guy I was today. It was really simple. It was really simple to see that today. So, I mean, hate to go along with the story, but that's just kind of a nutshell of what, what, what made me decide this fate. Well, what I can appreciate about what you shared is, is that you took the time to add context to everything. You know, some people just tell a story, but I imagine that same skill is something that you use in your work as a whole. Um, and before I get to that point, I think it's... Uh, it's really awesome that you point out how much being able to see work ethic and, and what that looks like and supporting others and what that looks like, essentially leadership ability early on and how much that meant to you and you wanting to model that. Those are really powerful things. If someone has a self-awareness to see that, which you did, you know, it yeah. sounds like there was, there was a high level of self-awareness as, as early as one could possibly imagine it coming into the, into the fray. Um, and so when we combine that high level of awareness, modeling leadership, and then you wanting to start a business uh, and you found your way to do that, 
was going into the tax world and all that? Was that sort of your first uh, jump at it and it succeeded? Or was there something that happened along the way that was a stumbling block onto something greater? You know, interesting that you, you say this because my first actual kind of journey into business was becoming a real estate agent. And I became a real estate agent because it was in 2005. Um, I was kind of still in college, but I didn't really like college. And I thought, man, what could I do? And everybody was talking real estate in 2005. Like you couldn't go anywhere without getting hit by an ad that said we're for selling a piece of real estate. And so, you know, everybody, I think everybody has in some respects, some aspirations of owning real estate or being in real estate, at least at some point in their lives. And so I thought, well, I can't afford real estate. I can't go to my parents and borrow money. They don't got it. And I can't get into it. So what do I do? So I thought, well, I was at a party. We're having some drinks with a buddy of mine. My buddy looks over and he says, what are you going to do with your life? I said, I want to do real estate, which, you know, (laughs) it's kind of silly. And I'm drunk, you know, and he's like, well, how do you plan on doing that? You're broke ass. I brought you here. And (laughs) I said, well, I don't know. And he said, why don't you get your real estate license? So I said, you know what? That's such a great idea. So I went and I researched, how do I get a real estate license? I pursued that. It took me about a year and a half. I get my real estate license. So this was probably late 2006, early 2007. I get my real estate license and I'm like, heck yeah, here I am off to the races. So I'm trying to figure out how to sell houses and I get a, you know, go work with a broker and I sell one or two deals. I do some leases. I'm all excited. And then the freaking market crashes. (laughs) And so now I'm like, okay, so I had this figured out. Now I don't have it figured out. And what what it really, everything was for sale and I didn't know what to do. Um, I couldn't sell anything to anybody because nobody could afford to buy it. So I'm stuck because the only people who could really sell anything at that time were people who had really deep relationships with investors and people who had money. And I didn't have any of that. So what I did is I st- had to pivot and I started to find ways to make money. So what I did is I saw, well, there's a lot of people who are going to get their house foreclosed, you know, who would want to know more about that? And then I started to look and banks wanted more information about houses they were going to foreclose on. So what I did is I contacted these banks and they would make me do these things called brokers, professional opinions. And I would drive to people's houses that they still lived in them, but I didn't go inside. And I would do these evaluations of the home. So it actually taught me a lot about real estate. I had to do, you know, square footage, I would take pictures, I would look at the neighborhood, I'd give an assessment, and then I'd give an opinion of value. And um, I did that for about a year and a half, but obviously this was like rat rat race stuff. It was very grinding. I was trying to make money. It was 50 to $150 per deal. And it was just really hard. Um, and so then I got introduced to an opportunity to join into the, the, the tax industry, which was stupid. I was like, I don't want to do that. Like who wants to do taxes? And I'm, in fact, the guy that introduced me to the tax world said, you know, you should do this. And I said, look, bro, the only thing I know about taxes right now is that I don't like paying them. That's it. And that's all I need to know, bro. Like, that's it. And uh, he says, no, man, you got to go with me and learn more about this opportunity to, to, to get into this industry. I said, I'll go with you if we're going to go have some beers afterwards. So he said, okay, let's go. So we did that. And I'm listening to a guy pitch me on joining this industry because it was a, it was a, it, the reason I got into it was through a franchise. And he's pitching us on joining this franchise that does taxes. And I'm like, this is cool, whatever. And then I'm not even paying attention. And the one thing he says changed the whole trajectory of why I made a decision. He just says, guys, I know you're here and you're thinking about this industry, but just know this, taxes are recession proof. And I'm, and I'm the guy who just got kicked in the nuts a year and a half ago by the recession and all my hopes and dreams. And I'm like, you've got my attention. (laughs) And so it was a transition into an industry that I didn't know if I was going to love or not, but I knew one thing. 
I was not going to get kicked in the nuts again. I was going to, you know, there's no way anything could have happened to me. Then I said, there's three certainties in life, death, taxes, and change. And even when you die, you got to file your tax return. So, <laughs> so I, I'm, I was like, I'm sold baby, let's go. And so, yeah, I entered the tax world in 2008. Uh, well, 2008, 2009 was my first year in the tax industry. Man, there's a lot going on there, Jason. I don't want to. I don't want to step over you. Uh, I'm sure you want to jump in. Yeah, I'm sorry if I'm talking yeah. a lot, guys. No, 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 no. It's great. It's a great story, and I just kind of want to back up to the different part real quick. Yep. Because I didn't know you coming on here, right? At all, zero. Yep. It's the first time we've ever met. First conversation we've ever had. I would have never ever thought any of that. Yeah. At any time would have, I never thought that if anything, I would have thought, damn, this guy's a lot like me, (laughs) right? Just based off of our first 30 seconds of conversation, I would have said, this guy has got a lot. I have a lot in common with this guy. Um, And really I haven't, I I don't have a lot in common (laughs) of your early story. um, Right. But but that that conversation would have never reflected here unless you would have told it, right? So yeah. that's the beauty behind it, right? Is yeah, man. When you take entrepreneurship, business ownership, right? It seems to just wash all that away, right? Because you get to do your own thing. You get to be the wolf out <laughs> in the snow, right? You're making track for your team, right? You yeah. know, you're the wolf making the track through the snow. I don't know if you've ever seen that picture, but yeah, I know. I've yeah. seen the, I've seen yeah. the big picture of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a wolf cutting track through like three feet of snow and his team's trotting behind. They got it easy. Right. Um, yeah. And that's who, if you would have asked me out of that one minute that we had a discussion prior to starting, I would have said, you're that wolf out leading the pack. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah Cause that's your attitude. That's the attitude you have. And I can, I can see it. So yeah. Yeah. Good I, thing. I came in, I came in a little later. Uh, we started on time, but I came in a little later in the conversation and it was already running, which isn't always the case. So I, 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 I think that corroborates what he's saying in, in terms of, the type of attitude that you bring the energy really that you bring to the space. And I think that's something that again, leaders really have, they, they have a way of adding to what people have as an experience in life and not taking away from it. the good ones do people feel empowered. They feel energized by that. And it only takes one to do the opposite and it impacts the entire room. You know, yeah. so it's it's really cool to see that exemplified here for anybody who's sitting there wondering how to get their team, you know, to operate at a different level. Take a look at your own energy. How do you manage your energy levels? You know, like, I don't know, you seem like really, really high energy. Is this something that you've cultivated or is this something that's just natural and part of you? Uh, I think um, I think I have a switch for it. Like I know when to turn it on and I know when to tone it down. But I, I think that, um, you know, I, I remember when I was, uh, it is, is interesting because when I was young, I was dating a girl and, and it was like, like right out of high school and I met her father and her father was a business owner 
It was one of the first people that inspired me to get into entrepreneur, like to be an entrepreneur because I saw what he was doing. But everywhere I, we would go to like dinner with him or we'd see them in the family. And he always had this energy about him. I could always see it. Like you, you guy walks in the room and you could see him light up the room and everybody would have this like attention to him. And I, and I was always fascinated with it because, you know, when somebody, and, and he wasn't really like super influential, but he just carried himself really well. And it was really uh, kind of a role model to me in some respects without even him knowing, because we weren't even together. It wasn't that serious, but it was a role model in some sense. I saw the mentorship just from the visual aspect of it. And ever since then, I've always tried to carry a lot of energy with me because I think you light up the room or you, or you turn the damn room off. You know, I think that's just the way you have to do it. And I know when, I know when to turn it on and I know when to turn it off. I think that's probably one of my biggest uh, superpowers. That's just, (laughs) that's probably it. There it is. Jason and I love having conversations about superpowers. So it's really cool that you brought that up. Um, <laughs> and I, I want to take it back to like the focal point here. So you started your business. Uh, we know your reasons for doing that. Where are you now? Is it going well? I mean, is it was it recession proof? <laughs> oh, man. So interesting that that this has happened is that, well, I've kind of changed all that dynamic. I'm not so much into that was a retail kind of type play, meaning we were doing tax returns for like just individuals who'd come through our doors. Today, I've, I've really gotten very centric on things that I want to focus on, which is really tax strategy, not tax returns, which has kind of evolved for me because I, I have found myself in a unique position. So a lot of, I'm not a CPA or an accountant. I didn't go to school for those things. I do have a, a degree in, um, in communications. Quite, that's actually weird, but I get into this industry and I have a communications degree, but here, here's what's interesting about this is that I, um, I went through this journey over the last 14 years I've been in the tax industry and I learned a lot about the tax. By the way, you don't have to be an accountant or a CPA to learn taxes. It's just got to be able to read and learn stuff. Right. So that's all I did for, for so many, so many years. I learned about the tax code. I've learned about, um, you know, tax deductions. I learned about tax returns, all different types of tax returns, scenarios and all that stuff. So I've just, I've been a student through this whole thing. We've done over 60,000 tax returns. I have to have learned something. And what I've really came to realize over the last three or four years is that not only did I learn a lot about taxes, I learned a lot about leadership, operations, management, expansion. I operated in 15 locations, over 300 employees, thousands of tax returns, You know, uh, operational teams. I, I did all of this over the last 14 years to realize that I'm kind of in a unique situation where most CPAs and accounts you go to only know how to do a tax return. They only know tax implications. They only know the tax side of things. Well, when I talk to a client, I don't just know taxes because that's just part of it. I take into consideration your business growth strategy, your expansion, your financing, your team, your operations, your marketing. All of that plays a factor into how we do our job. Like I can't help you grow your business by just filing a tax return, but I can help you grow your business by putting a strategy in place to avoid taxes, to plan for the future, to to meet your financing needs. So it's a it's a totally different perspective because not very many people have the skill sets that I have. And so it became very apparent to me when I was helping myself through a lot of these challenges that I could help so many more. And so today our business is very successful in the fact that I help a lot of high net worth people million dollar business owners who want to avoid paying taxes and want to be in the real estate industry or investors, I help them do that. So we find tax advantage strategies that would give them extra cash flow and they put that into real estate and they build wealth. 
And um, in the sense of doing that, I knew I couldn't serve everyone. Like I can't serve everyone. It just would be impossible. And I don't want to. So what I realized is that there are a lot of other tax professionals like me that just haven't seen that kind of side of the business. They don't know how much knowledge and insights they know. So I started coaching tax business owners, CPAs and EAs to do what I do because I can't help everybody, but I can help if you are like you guys, you know, where, you know, wherever your local CPA is, who you work with, I don't need you to leave him. You don't need to leave him, but you could, but if you didn't want to, I could coach him and teach him how to do the same things I'm doing for my clients. He could do for you. So we're very successful in that. We've had uh, tremendous success in not just coaching people, but also working with clients. And it's, you know, we run a seven figure business in that business, uh, hoping to hit eight figures this year. I was just going to say, do you have a goal for the, for the coming year? So eight figures. Man. Yeah. How's that going so far? Are you in position for that? Is there anything that you need that maybe the listener, someone listening might well, be like, oh. I'll tell you, here, here's what's going to help us. And this is going to sound bad, but it's good. If we hit a recession in the next in this quarter, it's gonna it's gonna probably double my business. Yeah, um, and I say that because in tough economic times, the tax industry actually is better. It's better. More people are now looking at their finances. They're scrutinizing scrutinizing their business, their financials. They're looking for 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 savings. They're looking for ways to mitigate anything that they can. They're looking for advice, guidance, and mentorship to get themselves out of this hole or to prevent anything from happening. They're looking for somebody like me more than ever in tough times. Good times, people don't care about any of these things. They're like, oh, there's money in the bank. Let's go on vacation. Let's do all these great things. When it's tough times, they're like, oh, crap, I got to pay attention and I need somebody to help me. So this is when we make the most money. So if if it goes... I mean, I mean, I don't know if I can cuss, but I'm just going to do it anyways. But yeah, <laughs> yeah like if oh, it all goes to shit, it. guys, <laughs> if the economy goes to shit, I'll, I'll, I'll probably hit eight digits. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how, well, what was I watching yesterday? Uh, somebody on, on the news, which I don't watch much news, but it just caught my attention. And they said, uh, in, in a recession, how do you deal with a how do you deal with a recession? Interest rates go up, gas goes up, everything goes up, credit card debt goes up, just for the recession to go down. Yeah. Right? <laughs> what sense does that make? And it's like the guy says, "I hate saying it, but that's what, kind of what needs to happen." <laughs> we we've got to we've got to get kicked in the nuts. Everybody's got to yeah. get a kick in the nuts to first all to change, and it's. It's very it's very interesting to see the, the the tone of the world right now. Everybody knows we're going somewhere bad. <laughs> like everybody knows it. it's apparent to us, but everybody just doesn't care. I mean, you drive to the local restaurant, it's still packed. You go, you go to the on vacation in two weeks for Fourth of July, and I guarantee, no matter where you go in the whole world, it's going to be packed. And it's like, okay, guys, you know that this is going to go to shit, but you're not preparing. Well, okay, you know it's. We'll see what happens, right? I guess they want to ride the wave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, walk yeah off, or walk off the bridge. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, it's I, like an I, episode I, of 300. <laughs> you know, in, in this <laughs> in this industry, what I see the most of it, I, I've seen the the low income, medium income, and high income tax returns. I've met all the types of clients in the world. And I think that there's this now mindset that there's nothing really that bad that could happen to people. Like, I think everybody really isn't fearful as they used to be. Like, they're just not fearful of, of, of loot of loss. They're not fearful of, I mean, even just because we came out of a pandemic, right. I mean, 
what's the worst thing you can fear is death. And many people went through that and they're like, well, if I beat that shit, well, what's up, you know, let's bring it on. Right. And I, I, I think that's, what's going to change for people. Like they, they don't understand the economic depression that they're going to be in. If, if this goes the right, the wrong way. And I, and I don't think that people are considering their industry as being impacted, but I mean, every industry will get impacted. And I, I mean, even mine will, but it won't be impacted on my end, because I'm serving a high net worth individual, it will be the people that serve or the, 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 the tax professionals that don't have a niche that are serving maybe just maybe a, 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 a low income customer or something. That's who's going to be impacted the most. It's not, not guys like me, but I'm, I'm just saying that because if, if your listeners are out there and they're thinking, well, what do I do right now is the time to prepare. You know, it, uh, one of my coaches told me, and he says it all the time, there's going to be a time where winter asks what you did all spring and summer. And if you're not prepared, right, the bears got to get all the food in because when this winter comes, it's going to be bad. If you haven't been doing that shit, it's going to be bad. It's going to be a bad time. This is a perfect opportunity to ask. If you could have spoken to yourself back then when you were, as you said, shy and were worried about being different before you entered college, you were still thinking, how am I going to go become an independent person? And you were making that way, knowing what you know now. What would you have said to yourself then? Good question. Um, there's probably a lot of things I would have said. Uh, probably, probably first thing is stop being a little bitch, right? That's probably the first <laughs> thing I would have said, right? Um, nobody cares. Uh, I, I think that early on, I thought everybody cared about like how I looked or what I said or what I did or what I didn't do. I think a lot of that judgment that I cast upon myself what hindered me from taking action on so many things. I can... I can name opportunity after opportunity after opportunity when I was in my early, early twenties and late teens, where people presented things to me, ideas, concepts, things that we could do that I could have done. I could have taken action on, but all of them were like, what if it doesn't work? Or, Oh, what are people going to think about me? Or you're not that smart or you don't have a degree in that. So all that crap that I was just selling myself over and over and over again is, is truly what held me back. And if I would have just gotten over that early enough, man, I would, I wouldn't, I may not be here today. I mean, I may be doing something else. Right. And, uh, and then like, just to, just to kind of piggyback off of that question, I think just 10 years ago, like what would it, what it would be different. And if I look 10 years back, I say, I got into the tax industry 14 years ago, four years in, I'm really figuring it out. If I would have known what I know today, which is you should just focus on one customer, be the best person to solve that one customer's problem. If I would have niched down and I would have really honed down this stuff instead of saying, I got to serve everyone. I got to just try to make money. Instead of just thinking about the money, thinking about the fulfillment, thinking about the ease, thinking about building a team. If I would have just done that 10 years ago, I would have been eight digits a long time ago. I'd probably be nine at this point, but I didn't do that. And that would have been advice I would have given to myself just 10 years ago. Man, invaluable. Invaluable. Nobody, nobody says it, says it that honestly. You know, one of the only people I know that's that honest on a regular basis is Jason. And it, it, it takes that kind of a conversation for somebody to really do something about their life, right? How do you activate people? Yet again, there are leadership qualities that just come with the territory. And, and I'm, I'm grateful that you took the time to do that. Before I ask the grand finale, I want to give Jason the floor to make sure there isn't any question I'm stepping over while I'm over here all engaged and <laughs> curious. and. <shit. laughs> No, I, I got to tell you, the, the work you're doing is people say, you know, go do life, life-changing work. No, I don't look at life-changing work. A lot of people do life-changing work. 
you're doing earth shaking work, right? And that's, that's something to be proud of and be proud of that. I mean, embrace that and take that in and like, like uh, realize the good in the world you're doing. I don't believe in legacies. What I believe in is leaving a huge, massive footprint, right? Wow. You know, right. Leave a footprint on the world. Legacy just comes along with that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so if you just leave a massive footprint and you are well on your way, my friend, um, to doing that. So just keep doing it. And gosh, that eight figures is nothing compared to what you're going to do in the future for sure. Well, I, I believe in the contribution, right? I believe in the world we give what we get, we get what we give, right? I do that all the yeah. time. I always, I tell people that every day, like if you just give more, you'll get more. And every day you do that. And that's why I tell a lot of people the truth. Like here, I, I, yeah, I'm not putting on a show for anybody and I don't want anybody to think that I really just talk like this because the truth is, is that like, if my, if me giving a story to somebody like this could change their life or just give them an idea, well then let's go, man. Like that's what I'm supposed to do. And I'm hoping one day you'll look for me and give me something in return. Or if you don't, somebody else will, because that's just the way the world works. Right, it, just, yeah, it just comes around it's full circle, man. And nobody, nobody would have taught me that a long time ago. I used to be the guy that thought I had to keep the secrets and, you know, in here, you don't need to keep anything a secret. I, I've never had an original idea in my life, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's just what it is, man. <laughs> right. On, well, man. And, and the big part of that is, you know, I mean, I give value all the time to young startups and entrepreneurs and with give back programs and things like that. And, and those folks come back around years later and the reward isn't, isn't some money thing. Nope. It's like, you changed my life with two sentences that you said, I don't even remember saying, right? <laughs> but with two sentences that you said, it changed my life. And it's like that, that's what, that's the impact right there. Right. Heck yeah. And, and clearly you're doing that already. So just keep doing that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah, man. Um, with that said, I'm wondering what way do you prefer for people to reach out and connect with you? Is it like social media an email your website? Yeah, I got all of those things. Um, my preferred method is obviously social media because I give away a lot of free content uh, about tax saving strategies, life skills, things that I've I've kind of learned over the years. So you can find me at any any guys any handle on social media. It's um, I am David A. Don't forget the middle initial Perez. I am David A. Perez. So Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, all of them are the same. And then uh, my website, davidaperez.com. Either one of those will get you to me. Um, I'd love to connect with you. I put out content every single day, uh, two to three videos or either emails, stuff like that. Every day, something's going out. So if there's something I can help you with, maybe, uh, or you have an idea, you want me to share something, I'll share it. Right on, man. And uh, the grand finale uh, is here. Yep. And that is, if you could have picked anybody in the world at any point in time, uh, to be an additional guest here today, who would you have picked and why? Man, so that's a really tough question to me. An additional guest, would they be a contributor? <laughs> Your or, choice, like for whatever reason, be. you know what I mean? Because <laughs> obviously, I mean, I could say a bunch of famous people or I could say people that have really given me a lot. Um, 
I know this is, I mean, it, it may may sound corny, but it, it truly would be probably my dad. I mean, he passed away about 10 years ago. Um, and I say only say that not because he would be a contributor. It, it's really just, uh, I, I think he'd give me a little bit more energy. He'd show me a little bit more uh, grace in the way I speak. He'd probably make me a lot better as a person. Um, there's a lot of things that I, I, um, I'm uh, there's, so he passed away when, um, when, you know, 10 years ago and a, a lot of that, I, I wasn't really in a good place back then. I mean, I was an entrepreneur, I was in business, but I didn't have money. I didn't, I was barely coming up. So I didn't a lot, know a lot about anything. Um, and he would give me some advice, even though he was not an entrepreneur, but you know, he would give me these tips. Right. And a lot of it I thought was bullshit. You know, I was like, you know, whatever, you don't know, you know, like I would take it really with a, and this was probably before 10 years because 10 years is when he passed and he passed with cancer. And so I got to see him on his decline. So this would have been like, say 12 or 13 years ago, he's giving me advice when I first got into business and I would always just kind of brush it off. And then today, like some of the things he told me, I'm like, motherfucker, like, (laughs) like, (laughs) I can't believe he knew that, like, I can't believe he told me that. And I didn't pay attention or I didn't listen. Like, and it wasn't a ton of stuff either. A lot of, a lot of my dad's advice to me was truly about how do you find people and how do you take care of people? Um, and that was probably one of the biggest things he would do for me is just tell me like, you got to take care of your people. You got to respect people. You got to give people opportunity. And he would give me ways of incentivizing. Cause he, he did have a few employees in the business, in the, in the company he worked for, he'd had like an assistant and stuff. So anyways, like I think back at all those things and I'm like, man, you know, if I would have just paid a little bit more attention or asked a few more probing questions, cause I actually was genuinely interested would have been a totally different thing for me. So if he was sitting here today, he'd probably be making me a better person. <laughs> Man, I love that answer. I love that answer. Uh, and, and no way is it corny. And I've had that happen a couple of times. People have definitely brought their family up because those are the people closest to us. And they also have the highest chance of influencing how we see life, <laughs> how we operate through life. That's so right. I think I think it's great. It, it, it humanizes a lot of what you've done as if it wasn't already a very human story. Uh, I think it's a model entrepreneur story. It's a story of overcoming great odds early on. The list goes on. If anyone listens to this and they don't walk away uh, changed by it, inspired by it, moved by it at the very least, they weren't listening. Uh, And that's the kind of story we had today. So thank you for sharing. Those are my closing thoughts. I'm sure Jason has his own. Yeah. Well, I always like to say this, David, and that is, Every week we have 168 hours in a week. You chose to spend 30 to 40 minutes right here with us. And we appreciate that. There's a lot of things in life. You can replace cars, money, you know, all these things, right? But the one thing you can't do is replace time. So um, you spent the time here with us today. Thank you for sharing your story with our audience your unique business model with our audience. What you do is amazing. And I hope everybody listening reaches out to you and you're able to help them with what they're doing. I appreciate you guys so much. And thank you guys for what you do. You guys are truly changing lives by sharing so much inspiration and business and coaching and mentorship. Um, What you guys are doing is amazing, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Right on. Cheers. Cheers, brother. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com 
to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.